In the book of Numbers, please. Let's turn to the 16th chapter of the book of Numbers. I don't know as I'll go through the whole chapter. It's got 50 verses, but I'll hit the highlights of it, and it depends on whether I go some other places or not, how much of us will stay in here. But I'm going to talk about tonight and speak about something that nobody knows. No, I say nobody. Many people don't know about. Society has made us to think that God is such a loving, so kind, so merciful uh, God that he will not pass judgment on anything or anybody. We got people in the church that they, and that's the reason you have the church looking like the world and the world look like a church. And if I ask you a question tonight, what makes the difference between Christians and the world? What kind of thing could you give me? What could you give me from the Bible that makes us look different? What's the distinguishing mark? between a worlding and the Christian. Because the Christians I see so-called act like the world, live like the world, look like the world, speak like the world, life like the world. And uh, when I look at the church, I see people in there that do that. When I look in the world, I see same stuff that's going on in the church. The home is not sacred. The Bible is not sacred. Christian life is not sacred. Separation and dedication and consecration is not sacred. We live, we breathe and we move the way we want to, we go where we please, we live like we want to. The Bible has no dictates on our heart. If we hear anything that bothers us, we won't repent, we won't turn from it. The preacher preaches it, we just laugh or go on and make fun or put ourselves in a category. We partially live for God. I'm not lying. That's right. The way it is. So I want us to look at something here. I'm going to show you an instance in the Word of God, several instances if I have opportunity. Chapter 16 of the book of Numbers. This is Old Testament, but I'm going to give you the rest of them out of the New Testament. Well, maybe one more uh, in the Old Testament. But let's look at Numbers, chapter number 16. Now, Korah. Some of you, I'm sure, have heard of Korah. Amen. He was a well-known, dedicated, so-called church member. And uh, we'll talk about him in just a minute. Let's see what he said. Now, Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, 
and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. Now here, this is a crowd getting together, a bunch of men getting together. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel. So they got them some more. You notice it said there's 250 princes of the assembly. Now they didn't have a church like we got today. They didn't have a synagogue in that day. They was in the wilderness. But they did have a tabernacle or a meeting place. And in that tabernacle they had rules and regulations. There's things that they could do. There's things that they could not do. And God said, if you do this, I'll do that, and so forth. And God didn't put up with it and didn't tolerate it. And you better be glad tonight that God is a merciful God and a long-suffering God, or he done killed every one of us. All of us deserve to die anyhow. Amen. By the way, we treated God. Oh, no, I'm a pretty good person. Okay. Believe what you want to believe. They had 250 princes of the assembly, and then was what kind of those were, those, of those 250. They were famous in the congregation. Amen. I passed a lot of them famous in the congregation. I have. I've preached to a lot of, fam lot of famous people. They thought they were so famous. In the congregation, men of renown. What's that mean? They're special characters. Isn't it amazing that the devil can put special characters in the church house? Men of renown, people of famous people in the congregation. What do they do? Well, I'm going to show you what these did. That's the same thing they do in our day. And they gathered themselves together. What's the big next word right there? Against Moses. What does that mean? There's against the man of God. There's against the leader. There's against God's spokesman. There's against the one that God had ordained to do the job. And they were against Aaron there. Who was Aaron? the son, or the brother of Moses. And it was the sons, amen, of Aaron that were the priest, and it was of the Levi, amen, the Levite, uh, you know, group, and that's who they were. The Levites were the priest. And said unto them, here's what the 250 said against Moses and Aaron, you take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Now see, people that get the position in the church to take over and do what they want to do, and it, where, where it's Old Testament and New Testament, this is what happens. Men of renown, men of who are famous, they'll say, there's nothing wrong with nobody. Everybody's doing all right. Moses, you're, you're telling us what we ought to do and saying things that you ain't got no business saying. We're all holy. 
Ain't nothing wrong with us. We're just right. And Moses, uh, you, you're not getting it right. They're holy, every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Wherefore for then lift up yourselves above the congregation. You think you're better than everybody else, Moses. Do you see what I'm seeing tonight? It's typical of the average, and it's not just of a church. It's of groups of people who get religious. When you find people religious and they start talking about how good everybody is and how good they are, you can mark it off, brother. They're on the bottom of the totem pole in the eyes of God because when you get to the place that you believe you're all right, you're lifted in pride and God has to, obey, uh, has to abase you. Because when you really get close to God, you know what I found out in the Bible? You realize, as old uh, Paul said, I'm chiefest among sinners. Nothing, amen, I'm right about. I've got problems. As long as you're bragging on yourself, you're not right with God. And when I'm bragging on myself, I'm not right with God. See what it says? Wherefore then uh, lift up uh, ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, what did he do? He fell upon his face. Knocked him off his feet. He humbled himself. And he spake unto Korah and unto his company. He began to speak back saying, even tomorrow. The Lord will show who are His and who is holy. The Lord's the only one that knows who's holy. God knows the degree. Do you think God's going to run out to the beer joint and uh, pick a bartender to preach in His church? Not till He saves them. He saves them, then calls them. A bartender make a good preacher. A good drunkard to make a good preacher. If he gets saved by the grace of God and gets off the liquor, amen? And don't put none in his refrigerator. The Lord will show who are his and who is holy and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen Will he cause to come near unto him? Moses is talking back to Korah and the 250 outlaws of the church. He said, this do, take, your, take you censors, Korah, and all his company. Now what's a censor? You see, they were of, of these here, the son of Levi, and so... That meant they was in the priestly line. And so you, you do your job. If you think you're, so, just get your censors. All you priests get your censors. What's the censors for? It's, it's, what, it's a utensil they used to take the fire and put it in them censors. And they sprinkled in the holy place, they sprinkled the incense on that them coals of fire. 
That will make an incense to God. But nobody but those who were chosen to do that could do that. He said, and put fire therein and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. You take, now here's what Moses said. You know what they told him over here? They told him in, uh, I see what verse it is, two or three over there. You, verse three, you take too much upon you. That's what they said to Moses. Now Moses turns it back. He said in verse number seven, the last sentence, you take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. You said that I take too much upon me, but you are biting off more than you can chew. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought thee near to him and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, and seek ye the priesthood also. You're taking it upon yourself to come in and take over. You're taking it upon yourself to become what God has put somebody else to do. Verse 11, for which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together. Now what's it say? They were once against Moses. Actually, there it says against the Lord. If you get against the man of God, you'll automatically be, be, be against the Lord. If he's a real man of God. I wouldn't want to fool with a real preacher, would you? And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? He's the priest. Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, we will not come up. We're not going to come up there. Then Moses says, is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land? Talking about, uh, a matter of fact, these people are still talking. They've got a lot against Moses. They didn't do it just like they thought he ought to do it. Moses, I believe, was God's man, and I believe he did what he's supposed to do the way God wanted it to be done and did it. Amen. Please, in the sight of God. Matter of fact, Moses even begged for the people of God a few times that God wouldn't even kill them. God, I mean, Moses knowing that they deserved it. He even said, take my name out of the book and spare them. And so they're saying to him, is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Moses said, we're going in the land of Canaan, flowing with milk and honey. But Moses couldn't get them to go when they got over in the land of Canaan. Amen. Or go in the land of Canaan. They stayed in the wilderness. They didn't even put up an effort to go. They fought him. Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land 
that floweth milk and honey and are given us inheritance of fields and vineyards, wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. And Moses was very wroth. You know what that means? He got mad. Somebody said, preachers shouldn't get mad. Jesus got mad. He threw them out of the temple with whips, turned their tables over and said, you're making the house of God a house of merchandise. And it's to be a house of prayer. And said unto the Lord, respect not their Thou their offering, I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. So Moses is very wroth, and he said, listen, I ain't bothered none of you. I ain't stole anything from you. Moses said unto Korah, be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they, uh, and, they and Aaron tomorrow. Show up tomorrow with your censer full of fire. Take every man his censer and put incense in them and bring ye before the Lord every man his censer, 250 censers, thou also and Aaron each you in his, uh, each of you his censer. Now Aaron's the rightful priest. Verse 18, and they took every man his censer and put fire in them and laid incense their own and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. We come to a showdown. You better be glad we don't go to showdowns in these days. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and the glory. You remember me talking about the glory Sunday night. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. What's the glory of the Lord? The presence of God. God even showed up. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron saying, here's what God told them to do, which he tells every child of God to do. Separate yourselves from among the, this congregation. Of course, he tells us to separate from the world that I may consume them in a moment. Get away from them. I'm going to do this in a moment, and I don't want you hurt. They fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up. From about the tabernacle, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. I'm going to read a lot because it's self-explanatory, but there's a lot of stuff we could say. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. Can you see a preacher looking at the congregation and said, separate yourself from these wicked. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't that really rise good in this modern day? 
They don't even like you preach against sin, much less name names. So they get up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents and their wives, notice this, and their wives and their sons and their little children. It's bad enough to argue against the man of God, but to get your family involved in it too is terrible. And America has done that tonight. That's why we got homes that are so set up and separated. That's why we got kids going one direction, mama going another direction, and daddy going another direction. That's why sins took over and ruining homes and lives. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own mind. Ladies and gentlemen, he said, God put me in this job. He told me to do what I'm doing. He's backed me up and he's by me, and we're going to prove that today. Amen. If these men die the common death of all men, in other words, Nothing happens to them today, and they still get older and older and down the road die like an ordinary man dies. Or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. In other words, if God sends death at the appointed time to get you, and uh, they don't die, amen, an unusual death today, you'll know that God has put me in the ministry. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have, what's that big old word right there? Provoked. Made God mad. Provoked the Lord. Well, if there's anybody I don't want to make mad, it's God. I was married 54 and a half years, but I'll tell you what, I made my wife mad a few times. I provoked her. I hate to tell you that. And you said, I wouldn't do that. You have done it. Wives do the same thing to their husbands. Might as well admit that tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And he said in verse 31, And it came to pass as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave began to move asunder. That, that was under them. The ground started opening up. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. See, done it right there. They come out at the end of their tent. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from the congregation, or among the congregation. That sounds like unheard of. Nobody, you know, you talk about that to people, Dan, and say, I don't believe that. That's what they'll say. won't believe it. Do you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? I believe it. I believe it happened just like it said. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them. Can you imagine them screaming as they're dropping into hell? Or dropping, I don't know whether they went to hell or not, but it sure gives me the indication that they were. For they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. 
there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. There ain't nothing wrong with everybody around here. Everybody's holy. Nothing wrong with nobody. But they went in, down in the pit. That's the reason I think sometimes I think about it because hell is talked about as being a pit. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest. See, this ain't all of it. Take up the censers out of the burning and scatter thee, thou the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. The censers were, were hallowed. That's why Nebuchadnezzar had trouble when he took the vessels and then his son come along and start drinking out of them. They defiled them. Amen. The vessels of God. The censers of these sinners against their own souls, let them make them broad plates for a covering in the altar, for they offered them before the Lord. Therefore they are hallowed, and they shall be a sign unto the children of Israel. Today, a federal judge in the United States of America said to some church that you, are, you, you can have the right not to place a preacher in your pulpit if he's uh, gay. You got that right. But any other office of your church, you must allow the LGBT crowd to be part of it. That was done today, ladies and gentlemen. Why am I mentioning that? It's right on the line of right here. And Eliezer the priest took the brazen censer. What's going to keep them from next time saying the preacher can be one too? Because a lot of churches have already done, done it. And Eliezer the priest took the brazen censers, brasses, judgment, wherewith they that were burnt had offered, and they were made broad, and they made broad plates for a covering of the altar, to be a memorial unto the children of Israel that no stranger which is not of the seed of Aaron, no stranger which is not of the seed of Aaron, that is the tribe of Levi. Come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah and as a company as the Lord said to him by the hand of Moses. But on the morrow, but on the morrow, next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses after seeing this. Can you see how brazen people are and how sinful they are. Moses and against Aaron saying, ye have killed the people of the Lord. Let me tell you, sin is accepted in our society today. And it came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron. Now, here's 250 people that just died. The earth opened up and they've been thrown into the pit. 
Now the congregation comes in there against Aaron and Moses that they look toward the tabernacle of the congregation and behold, the cloud covered it. What's the cloud? It's the glory of God and the presence of God. And the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation. God said, Get up from this crowd. He done separated them from the, from the 250. Now he says, Separate from the congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an, an atonement. That's an atonement. That means make sacrifice for them, for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. Let me tell you why we've got plagues and stuff. Nobody believes this, and I've talked about it and everything to the people out in the public. You know why we had COVID? You know why we got AIDS? You know why we got cancer? It's the plague. You know why we get those things? We don't obey God to the best of our ability. We don't honor God. We don't have no fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. There's nothing that's going to solve our country but the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. They can pass laws. They can pass laws for the word. They can pass laws against the, 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 the word. And crime's still going and sin's still going. We can pass laws on not being able to drink and drive and our jails. We just have to build bigger jails because that's not doing no good. Nobody's repenting. Well, he said in verse 48, and he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague, God killed them another way, were 14,700. 14,700 besides them that died about the matter of Korah. There's 250 there. One little old chapter, what is that? Add 14, somebody add that. 14,700, we went 14,700 and then 250 on that is what, 950? 14,900, almost 15,000 people died in the course of two days here or at least one day. And Aaron returned unto Moses under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. Who do you think was the man of God? Who do you think was in charge? Or who do you know was in charge? Moses was. I would you turn with me tonight to Proverbs. I'm going to give you some more things here. I pray that we'll get this. I've got enough time to do that. In the book of Proverbs, people picture God today as, a, as an old man sitting on the porch, rocking in the rocking chair, and just watching the traffic go by. 
That's about what they've come to the thought. But he's a holy God. I'm going to be judged on my holiness and righteousness, and I, mine ain't no good. My righteous, righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You said, I've got some good merits. Don't kid yourself. When I stand before God, it'll be under the blood of Christ that I'll be measured. But Proverbs chapter 1 says in verse 22, or verse 23, turn, you at my, uh, turn ye at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my, my words unto you. He said, because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But you have set it naught, made it nothing, see, all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I see this every passing day of my life. Don't you uh, kid yourself. I see this. I come into contact with a lot of church members, church folks. I know a lot of people in this county and I see them. When I'm out, I don't get out as much as I ought to, but when I'm out, I see people. And they, they make me think that everything is all right. I even talk about how bad this society is and how, how bad sin is. And you know what? They don't pay no attention. They're fussing about abortion, but won't do nothing about it. Amen. They'll fuss about mistreating dogs and cats and they don't mind pulling a child out of the womb of a mother. He said, but you have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh, you said, I ain't gonna have no fear. I don't fear nothing. When you stand before a holy God, you will. When, you fear, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. And it goes on. I want you to take your Bible, please, and turn in to Acts. Let's go to the book of Acts. Sometimes we think of this stuff as just happening in the New Testament, I mean the Old Testament, not the New. But I want you to know the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New. You can't change that. I want you to go to the 12th chapter of the book of Acts. Here's a story that you probably read many times, at least heard maybe preachers preach it. But we overlook these things. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. Or Sidon, on which way you say it. But he said, but they came with one accord to him. 
And having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace. Because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto the people. You know what he done? He stepped out and gave his little speech. A little kingly speech. And the people gave a shout saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. They exalted him. And the Bible said, And, the, and immediately, immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Right there. How about that? Back up please to the, in the book of Acts. I went ahead of this, but I'm coming back to it. I want you to go to chapter 5 of the book of Acts. Bible said in Acts chapter 5, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. This is when they were selling everything they had and giving it over to the poor. Now the fact is they lied. We got so much money and they held back on it. They stole from God and they lied. The Bible said, and kept back part of the price. His wife also being private to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Didn't give everything as they're supposed to. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Lots of times... People don't realize that the man of God knows more about you than you think he does. Miss Sewell used to say to me, he said, you been overlooking in my windows? I said, no, why? She said, every time you preach, you say something that, you know, I said, well, no, I don't go around looking. And to keep back part of the price of the land, whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was so, was it not in thine own power? You could have done what you wanted to. But you said you was going to give a certain part. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Everything you do today, God knows exactly why you're doing it. He knows the intent of your heart on everything. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. That means he died. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. We're not having that today. If God goes into the business of doing this today, he'll kill us all. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. 
And it was about the space of three hours. What about his wife going to church three hours later? After when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in, and Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at, do at the door and shall carry thee out. And they did. Verse 10, Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out uh, forth, or carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. See, yeah, but God don't do that today. Turn with me to 1 John. 1 John. God does more of it than you think he does. Many people have buried their spouse, buried a family member, buried cousins and uncles. I believe I've got some that's in a cemetery tonight that prematurely went there. Now, you may not agree with that. All your people must be real holy. And I'm not being mean with them. I'm just telling you exactly what God says. The Bible says in verse 16 of chapter 5 of the book of 1 John, If any man see his brother, that's somebody that you work with or in the church, sin a sin which is not unto death. Now you can sin a sin that's not unto death. What's that? That's, that's you sin, but it's not it's not lying to the Holy Ghost. It's not being against God. It's not trying to fight God with it. Everybody in this building does things sometimes that you wouldn't do if you thought about it. And you didn't set out when you got up in the morning to go against God. But before the day goes out, I'll guarantee you, you'll probably end up doing something against God, but you didn't premeditate it. Can I take you back to, to Numbers? Korah and them premeditated going to the man of God. Proverbs, they premeditated not listening and refusing God's word. Ananias and Sapphira knew better than lie to the Holy Ghost. Herod knew better than making himself God. You seeing this? Now just go ahead and turn it off and don't pay no attention to it. I'll tell you right now, you'll pay the price. And if, and he says here, if, if any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. In other words, you can pray for that. You see somebody that just sins and you don't believe it was premeditated, you would you can pray for them. You ought to pray for them. I ought to pray for you. But now if you're going to rise up against the church and rise up against the Word of God 
and you're going to rise up against the, the Lord himself. Preacher don't have to pray for you. God will take it into his own hand. One thing God won't let you do, and that's tear the church down. He'll, he'll bring you out to the open. There used to be a time when people had to, had to pay for what they did in the church. And I'm, talk, I'm talking about they disciplined them. How long has it been since you heard some church member being disciplined? We'll take your name off the book. You get out of here and until you repent, don't come back. They used to do that, ladies and gentlemen. They don't do that no more. One of the churches I pastored in 1906, I'm believing it's 1906, right in that area. It was two ladies that went into conference. The church did. And they brought them two women before the church and they said, you've missed three services in the past month. Why? Wasn't for sickness, they just didn't come. We dismiss you. The church voted. I wasn't there. Don't, 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 don't go out and talk about me. I didn't have nothing to do with that. But they voted them out. See, there used to be a time when people th thought that you ought to and believed that you ought to be remaining faithful to God. Now, if you're sick, you can't be here. You get sick, I don't want you here. Amen. Get way off and come back. Amen. But if any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life to them that sin not unto death. Then he said, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. In other words, old preacher, I remember a preacher years ago said, uh, lady in his church, and I, I was just the own preacher, but he said a preacher, I mean a lady in his church said, preacher, I want you to pray for my husband. He's laying up there in the hospital. They don't know where he's going to live or not. And he says, I said, I want you to go by and talk to him. And he says, all right, but I can't do that. He said, why? I said, I... I've been praying God to take him out of here. I wouldn't do that. There's no telling how many I, I couldn't name them. If people give trouble in the church, you know what I say? Lord, deal with them. I'm not trying to be a smart addict. I don't believe... I believe people... There's some people, you ain't going to do nothing with them no how. They don't know any better, I reckon. So you leave them alone. Preacher, his job is not in to try to get people killed. Get them right. So you try to teach them and preach to them. And you try to be overbearing. But when they step against God and the Word and they fight it, of course, I found out God just takes care of it. I believe I've preached a lot of premature funerals in my lifetime. Down through the years, I could name you some. Amen. I, I won't get yeah, I started to give up, but I, there's no sense of getting in that. But the Bible said here, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that ye shall pray for it. 
If you sin, that's sin unto death. And I can't tell that. Sometimes I might think that. But God can take you out of here and there's no need. Uh, I believe I've prayed for lots of people that people asked me to pray for that I believe had sinned against God and God took them on out of here because there's a stumbling block. What would happen if I started fighting God tonight? What would happen if you start fighting God tonight? What would happen if you start arguing with God in His Word? What if you started trying to fight God's man? What do you expect? You think God's going to bless you? Now this is pretty plain, pretty simple, but I just want to get that out tonight. God, I give you other illustrations in the Word of God where God just... Taking them out. I believe the reason we're falling apart, sins over every hand, I reason, reason everybody run up and down with a mask on their face all the time. I don't believe it's because tonight that it's a plague that's just come around for us living right. I believe God has put it out there to show us something's wrong. Amen. And we all get them things. God expects every one of us to be healthy and happy. You know one of the areas God wants to work on us when we go wrong? Our health. I don't, I, now there's, there's sicknesses that are not under death. And there's sicknesses tonight that we get because... Have you ever sometimes got sick and said, Lord, what did I do? Most people don't. What have I done? Lord, if I done? Listen, when I get sick, sometimes I, I, th I ask God to forgive me for things I, I've done and things that I didn't know I had done and things in case I overlooked anything, forgive it too. And I'm, and I'm not trying to confuse you tonight. I just want to stay on the good side. I want to stay on the good side of the Lord. I don't care if every one of you hate me, but I sure don't want the Lord to even give me a cross look. He does. And you know what happens when He does? I look at Him like Judas. When the cock done crowed, I done know I'm in trouble. Amen. I want you to take that home and chew on it. Try to stay where you need to stay. Somebody said, you make me scared of serving God. No. God ser serving God should make you happy. There ain't no happiness but serving God. I love this life. It's challenging sometimes. Don't tell me it ain't. <laughs> Amen. I know I've messed up. Have you ever drove down the road and uh, you crossed the road across the line you weren't supposed to and you started thanking God that nobody was there when you did? And you start trying to check up and make sure you don't do it again? That's what happens to me. And that's what happens to you when God don't kill us. 
Amen. He's a great, gracious God, and I thank God for him. But he wants us to recognize he's also a God of wrath. Amen. He means a God of judgment. People said, God couldn't send nobody to hell. And he looks them in the eye at the great white throne judgment. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Lord, Lord, haven't I cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. I done pretty good. I didn't, I didn't smoke, I didn't dip, I didn't chew, I didn't run around with them that do. And the Lord looks at you and says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I don't want that. Understand, he's a loving God. I'm glad he loves me. I tell him every night I love him. Tell him every morning I love him. And many times I tell him in the middle of the night when I wake up, I love him. And once in a while I, don't, I go through the night and don't tell him I love him because I don't wake up. But I tell him when I get up or when I wake up, amen. amen. You said, does he ever tell you he loves you? Not all of you, but when I read his book, I see it. Amen. Appreciate it. It's bad. Father, thank you tonight for the Word of God, how real it is. And Lord, we're kind of a little, uh, Lord, uh, different and off track from what we normally are. But Lord, we needed this. We need the Word of God. And we see how you've dealt with man from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Lord, we see how we need to preach this. It's the truth. And we'll give you the name, your name, the glory, and the honor for it all tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First judgment, Satan cast out. Adam and Eve expelled from the garden. Last judgment, over there, when God uh, winds it up with a great white throne. I'm going to have to give you this. Holy Spirit said do it just right quick. In the last book of the Bible, this the Bible says, and, and I look at it, and the Bible said in verse 20 of the 22nd chapter, He which testifieth these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. John says that. But the first, the, the last words of Jesus is, Amen. Surely I come quickly. Now the last words of the Father is up in verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in the book. That's the last words of the Father. In verse number 17, you find the last words of the Spirit. And the Spirit and it says on there, and the bride, of course, it says, say, come. They've got a testimony at the end of the book. And the bride, who's the bride? The church. The church also says, come. Amen. And so I look at it and I appreciate it. And I thank God for it. Just take that and smoke on it. I saw that yesterday, just a passing through. Amen. And... Uh, I don't know when I get to preach it, but anyhow, I'll give it to you. God bless you. Girls, come and get the...
offerings. Amen.